Hey housemates, thanks for tuning in. Please check out our Patreon to see how you can support us and help us to bring more guests, more stories and even get involved yourself from just a pound a month. Visit www.patreon.com slash ourhousepodcast. Link is in the description. And now, this week's episode. Paul, hey guys. And we've got another amazing guest on this week. But before we get to him, why don't we look at some of our previous guests? Let's have a listen to a previous podcast with Frank and Naeem, also known as Uncle Frank. Make sure that you listen to this if you haven't already. It was a really good laugh, man. Is that dude down in the basement that had the silly guitar that had the lights on the fretboard? It looks like a bit of a fucking accident, though, from what it is. <laughs> I'm only joking. That's what happens when you, when you turn up with a guitar that looks like a fucking Christmas tree. You know, we were playing with the Rolling Stones and Van Morrison and all these people, and as we were pulling up, I looked at them and went, yeah, should we just fuck this off and go back to it? <laughs> Hello, you fruity bastard. How are you? By the end yeah. of it, he was inviting us around his house for a, you know, I don't know, a sauna or something. It was a bit scary towards the end. He really took, you know, really took a shine to Naeem. I was like, <laughs> the FLC touring because it's the first time in, you know, 18 years that we've not played any shows. The people that line up at the front of stages at festivals that always seem completely fucking miserable. Yeah, we've got to look at you, ugly bastards. What the <laughs> they look really ill, don't they? This oh, is Earl White lighting up your road on a Sunday night. Straight after the Uncle Frank. I'm going to play you some really shite soca music that I found in the bargain bin in the Leicester Market. Big up yourself for Caribbean girls. <laughs> Oh, fantastic! Oh man, I really love those guys. They yeah. just they just bring the the laughter and the fun to our house, which is what all housemates should do. Absolutely. So, without further ado, let's introduce the the laughter this week. A very good friend of ours, also a music maker and filmmaker. It's Messiah Bolico. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hello. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure as always. You too. <laughs> well, we've known you for, for a long time now, like years and years and years. To be perfectly honest, if we go back, so in the in the last podcast or the podcast with Frank and I on it, yeah. it's probably about the same amount of time, isn't it? Maybe about, what, nine, ten years? Yeah, about ten, maybe, yeah, ten, maybe eleven pushing, I don't know. Like, Well, yeah. te- technically, I think we have recently discovered that me and Paul technically go back a little bit further. Oh, really? Oh. Huh. Tell me more. Apparently... <laughs> Me and Paul both attended the same wrestling event in maybe 1988 or so. 1982. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> you could tell I've got an 80s memory in it. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> and what is yeah. it? So yeah, so we we were for SummerSlam '92 with uh, mm. and it, it, yeah the, the the Wembley Stadium British yeah. Bulldog, oh, which completely links into uh, to one of our to one of our guests. other guests, Georgia Smith. Oh um, uh, yes. The British Bulldog's going to win whether he wants to or not. <laughs> was it that one? Yeah, it was that yeah. one. And did you know that kid's been found? Have you have you seen uh, the reports no. on? Yeah, so they found that kid, and that kid who everyone thought was a boy was actually a little girl. <laughs> no way. <laughs> with like a with like a bowl haircut a or something. Haircut. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, it was like, literally like a couple of weeks ago, wasn't yeah. it? That happened. And uh, and now she's she's gone viral. I think she's got her own merch and everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's God. how quick the internet works, right? <laughs> yeah. Good so uh, so barring barring the wrestling event, um, how did how did we actually get in touch? I know, like it was more you, Paul, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, back then it was. So we we I kind of like the way that we always refer to our house and a lot of the stuff that we do. So yeah. back then it was all kind of like I think. I think we'd actually moved from MySpace to YouTube at this point. What's a MySpace? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I used to just scour the internet looking at the, the one thing that I thought that we were really lacking um, around the Manchester area because everybody had the green, the green Parker and the fucking the Manchester Gallagher, Shuffle the and swag. every band, man. And it was like, we just need to get variety on, on, on here. Um, so I just used to scour YouTube and, and just looking for artists. Uh, and I think it was your, um, oh man, what was it? It was the, it was the Rack City. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I saw that. I was like, yeah, you're getting this guy on. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just, it was cold. And it, it was, it, to me, it was better than, than Rack City anyway. Yeah. Um, and there was some Brock Lesnar stuff in there and, and all that sort of shit. It was, it was just a, it was, it was a well put together video. And I was like, we need some, we need some hip hop. Because it, it was quite easy for us to get indie bands. It was easy for us to get um, sort of metalish bands. But hip hop was just scarce. Like the only hip hop guys we knew were just <laughs> were just into drugs, weren't they? They were just into the life. Yeah. Um, and it was like, no, it's, it's about music. <laughs> yeah. I remember so, yeah, you I think, were, I think you guys were doing something where the artists were supposed to send it on their phone, maybe a freestyle or something. But I happen to be like in the middle of like a creative, I want to do a bunch of visual stuff, like kind of mode. And I was putting together visuals for everything I was doing, freestyles, remixes, all of that kind of stuff, which is where you saw the Rack City. And so I think I said to you, no, I'll shoot, <laughs> I'll shoot it or I'll, I'll have it shot so it looks better. But in hindsight, I mean, even though that's good, when you're doing something in a specific way, like you should kind of meet that way. Like if you shot everyone against, we're shooting everyone's against a fucking pick background. Then, and I go, no, I'm going to have mine green fellas. Like <laughs> you just, you just throw the mix. Yeah. Out. But didn't colors do that? But that, that's a YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Colors like, do that with certain, yeah, yeah. certain backgrounds, certain color backgrounds. So, so was that the configure competition? That we did, no, 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 no. That, that was, it was before the configure stuff. We, I was just asking people, like, can you send, can you can you send us in like a, a like a freestyle where you shout out the show? We can promote it on the channel. So I think there was yourself, there was S Caliber, um, Configure did some stuff um, with us and collaborative. Kruger did some stuff, um, donated like a video or a piece and, and intro to camera. 
um yeah and it was it was really good because it was kind of like we're getting all these artists from from all over the place and then that's where i was like thinking well yeah man we we have a reach do you know what i mean and 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 that was that was that was what was cool yeah yeah you you guys were early on the art house uh performance stuff that that now could um I feel like a couple of people are probably taking that now. Even the like the NPR stuff and all that kind of thing. That's essentially what you guys were doing. Yeah. Um, Trailblazing his name. So. Exactly. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. Um, I was going to say so. Obviously, we we know you as Messiah Bolical. More recently, Uncle Messi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but for those um, who are listening to this podcast that may not know um, who you are or what you've done, how would you describe yourself and and you know, tell us a little bit about you. Because let's let's have it right. You've got some accolades behind Amazing you. Amazing accolades. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I've definitely <laughs> I've been I've been here for a moment. So, yeah, um, that's an interesting question. So I've, I've grown up in North London in Tottenham, um, and in the eighties, uh, and there wasn't really people, not from England anyway. There wasn't really people rapping from England that I knew of. At that time, it was later on that I heard of Demon Boys. They're from Tottenham, I believe. Um, there's people like Skinny Man, who's older than me. But I at the time, you know, so I was listening to like those house. Do you remember the hit the hits tapes? Did you, you like used to get the hits tapes? The hits, yeah, tape like and, hits, hits eighty eight. And, yeah, and now yeah, that, yeah. now music volume whatever. So I remember one hits tape, and they'd have all this kind of. I think it was house rap, acid rap that like you know bomb the bass and all that kind of shit was on there and um fast eddie and that kind of shit and that's that's made me want to rap so i started rapping when i was around eight to ten then put in then started writing around 15 and then shortly after that i was battling and i'm (laughs) going head first into to battling but there wasn't there wasn't battles so when i started battling there wasn't any there was no other examples of battles there was just oh, I'm going to go up against this guy kind of shit. Um, I think in them times as well, weren't they? there was a lot of like UK MCs that they all, st- they all used to rap with like an American accent, didn't they? That was like... Yeah, they, anyone who did... Obviously, people like Skinny Man will be a different example. Um, yeah. but, I, but again, at that time, I didn't hear of him. So I went... I was listening to like... I'm talking like 93, 94 Jungle. And I was in like like you know uh, demolition man he's the guy who made that tune fire that um jungle tune fire him and terry t produced that their studio in garman road in tottenham i went to when i was about 15 16 and so i was in like these yardy man yard man studios making reggae making jungle music um a couple of people were starting to make garage here and there but it wasn't garage hadn't really like house maybe um, and that's when we were rapping. So, yeah, there wasn't really even those. I'm talking about before even the garage crews and all that kind of shit. That's when we were we were rapping. So, they, yeah, there was no English examples, really. So, yeah, of course, we all had American accents, including me, <laughs> for, for a good little minute, definitely, until you obviously... I don't know why... It, it, it's a learn, though, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's a le- you're learning a craft that's predominantly stateside anyway, and, yeah. and I think people just... I think it's hard, to, it's hard to explain that though now to kids now, like because they there's so many examples of English sounding um, music, and not and if there wasn't, it's almost like they have the attitude to make it regardless. Do you know what I mean? Whereas we had that kind of 
well, there is everything that is going on is in the US. And if you yeah. signed, you had to try and get signed and it was to try and get the audience, uh, the, yeah, the audience that is in the US, the attention of people that are in the US, if the co-signs from people in the US. So everything you gravitated towards, the way we dressed, of course, as well, was very, very, very New York, some LA. Drink. Yeah, yeah. And I know like two two of the, or two of the main examples I can remember from, from kind of back in that, that era was MC Tunes because like he was doing stuff Mancunian. with 808 States. Yeah, so he was rapping Mancunian in like the 80s. I remember him on the word rapping in front of LL Cool J, which was pretty cool. Um, and uh, Rebel MC, remember Streets yeah. And they're yeah, the, they're yeah. the main as like when I was younger they were they were probably the only people I could actually pick out and say these guys rapping in a, in a British accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say the, like kind of my earliest memory of of that sort of music was like so Solid Crew. I don't know. Wow, that was like kind of my yeah, early that's early. a lot of years later, <laughs> that, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but that, you know that's that's kind of my earliest memory, really. I reckon. And yet, that's the time when I was already doing the Craig stuff. It's the same year, yeah. 2001, and, and Ms. 2002, uh, Ms. which we're Miss Dynamite, yeah. But I suppose that's probably where the, it started to maybe break out a little yeah. bit more uh, so you know, and become accepted. So Solid for me, um, they're like, let's see. Yeah, they, it, no, there's people rapping and doing their thing before them, you know what I mean? And you, and you, we have to kind of be real with that. But there, there was something about So Solid and the way that they moved that brought a, definitely an attention on them. Um, and it was a it was a good South and North link up that people might not know about Mega Man and them lot are from South. And there's a there's a North Star uh, link with those uh, with certain people that I grew up with um, or in the areas I grew up in. And that link together, I think, was um, was great. It was great for so 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 solid. So yeah, that what is their sound? More more garage, and they had some hip hop, yeah. right? And even them them were uh, US influenced. But yeah, first and end dubs maybe out of that kind of times as well. Yeah, um, yeah. There were, there were a few years later where they obviously took their influence for it. And do you know what just popped into my head? And I can't remember what they called, right? But no, end dubs <laughs> was definitely the same time. <laughs> there was about ten of them, and they sang Crossroads. <laughs> Oh, oh Blazing Squad. <laughs> Blazing Squad. <laughs> Fucking Blazing hey. Squad. I mean, <laughs> the oh, evolution from not, not having English rappers to, <laughs> to Blazing Squad. <laughs> Shout out Blazing Squad. Oh, my God. <laughs> N-Dubs were around, I'm talking about when I was, I want to say. I, I think N-Dubs were around earlier. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were, yeah. Because we used to do shows, um, my but, um, crew from school, which was called Bad Fellas, which sounds like a gay porno name now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's the thing. Yo, if you go back and check half of the th- the names for things or the things we said in the nineties and eighties, it just sounds gay now. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get up in that ass, okay? It's like who? There was a meme I saw the other day, and it was it was one of the things I ident- I identified with the most, right? And you'll have to correct me because I'm I'm not. I, I don't listen to Nas very much anymore, and so I've completely. Fr- What's the song where he where he um, he says something about the? You um, say the top is down on the car. I say now nah, the titties is out. What's that? What's that oh, bar? 
like, yeah, but the titties is out, isn't it? And it, and it was just such a... And the meme was like, <laughs> it quoted that. I was like, no, I'm going to say the top's down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love revi- revisiting them and just like, what are, you, what are you talking about there? Like, I like I like doing it to my old rhymes. I found an old rhyme. But just dissecting them and just going, what were you on about? What were we talking? Yeah. Is that you the one? Sorry, sorry you mentioned the, you mentioned the Craig stuff there. Who's Craig? Craig. 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 Craig David. Oh. <laughs> I've got my headphones on. I'm doing the name. <laughs> Can I get a rewind? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I did. how did that come about? Like, so you were what? What song was it you were on? I was on a song called Eeny Meeny. So yeah. I'll go. I'll go back. So I. I was battling at 17, 18 and became a battle champion. I'm still finding myself, but all my lyrics are very, you know, braggadocious slash me, I'll destroy you type lyrics about everything rather than songwriting. So it's uh, just after those years, I'm starting to actually get more into songwriting and stuff. So I remember being at a performance in maybe Old Street and... Me and my boy Mystery, shout out to Mystery Killers. And me and Mystery were known for rapping fast. That was our kind of thing, really fast, double time flows, which again, we're not really seeing over here, Um, which is another thing where I used to get on with a lot of the garage luck, where I didn't always like the music, but I would go and rap on there and they'd appreciate the double time flows, obviously. So I was at a show and me and Mystery are doing a one of our performances and we'd usually rap acapella. So we're doing a double time rap acapella and we're very, very close to each other. So the way that they tell it, uh, cause I've had this story told by them a couple of times, them being um, Trevor from Ignorance and I think Marshall from Ignorance, the production company, um, they were about to leave of whatever this show was. Maybe a showcase, I think it was. And they did weren't feeling whoever was on uh, until they heard us. They're about to walk out and they're like, who the fuck is that? Um, and so they came and spoke to us. I didn't know who they were at the time. Um, Mystery actually had a connection to Trevor. I think they were from the same area, from Shepherd's Bush or from those surrounding areas. Um, so got their number and after that started working with them. Um, first being, I think, a remix of a guy named JP. Shout out to JP. Um and JP was, I'll fill you in, uh, Ignorance were doing a lot of the urban remixes around that time. So, for example, All Saints, Dame Bowden, okay. Honeys, those kind of people, when they wanted to <laughs> an urban remix for something, they would go to Ignorance, right? Uh, they did a Casey and Jojo remix that blew up. Yeah, as well. man, I remember that. So, um, so at, what was it? So yeah, I started working with them and JP was like their go-to rapper at the time for being put in on these remixes. And then of course they met me and then I kind of became a little bit that guy, if you like, so shout out to JP. And my style was, I think, like they kind of saw me almost like how Buster Rhymes at those times used to come in on 90s records and they'd be like, that's what Trev used to say. He's like, you know how Buster would just come at the end of this R&B record and he would chat whatever the fuck he wanted for as long as he wanted, whether it was about love or not, that's you, go. And he would just start putting me on these songs. So I was on a couple of remixes. Um, I remember being in a couple of sessions. Um, I remember being in the Shola Amma session. I remember being in the Honey session. 
and then of course one of them being Craig David. Um, and so this was around the time when he were he had just released Walking Away, the video. So that was it was around that time, and they were doing the Walking Away remix, and also working on new songs for his new album. So, I always felt like it was a Gary Barlow song that for some reason I don't know why, but what's that Walking Away? Walking Away, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, so that first obviously the first album was was like blown up at that time it was so he had I was working at HMV I, I remember working at HMV um at the time and unboxing all the CDs and people were like constantly coming in asking for it we couldn't release it well that that album dropped on my birthday in 2000 I remember that oh, well, the, yeah, first, the first one or the second one yeah it was, it was like <laughs> can we just rewind to what you, you you said then did you say you worked with the honeys as well uh no I was in sessions with um, honeys with uh, I think there was one with Dane Bowers, which reminds me one of the songs. Oh, I love Craig. Dane. I love Dane. Please tell me nice things about him. <laughs> <laughs> the only significant thing, and it's not even a really an interaction thing, was that the song <laughs> What's Your Flavour oh, was, yeah. was actually supposed to be for Dane Bowers. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I was told. And then, as in it was sent to him you know, before Craig, and then it became Craig's, which I, the only reason I find that interesting because <laughs> I heard, I remember an interview somewhere and then it was like, oh, what made you think of writing this song? And I think Craig was like, oh, you know, I see girls like flavors of ice creams and shit. And I was like, oh, I swear that song was written for Dane Miles before it got to me, but all right, I know, I see No that. way. I see that <laughs> Now you said it, like I'm thinking it in my head, it suits Dane a lot better. <laughs> yeah, it inter- it's around that time when he had that, what was the song with um, the posh spice? The out of out of your mind was it? Yeah, with the out of or, my mind. Or, or, well, actually, or, there you or, go. Or, or, there, or there, Central. There's one of my funny stories because I worked at HMV, um, and when that was released, David Beckham came in and bought all of them, <laughs> <laughs> and it was. I think um, they might have had um, just Brooklyn, like Brooklyn's like grown up now and everything isn't he but like I'm sure David Beckham came in um with a buggy and a baby in it so I think it was Brooklyn um and he bought every single uh single off the shelf and I served him and attempted not to laugh while he was doing it and we're pretty sure as well because there's two HMVs in Manchester we're pretty sure he went to the other one and bought them there as well jeez I know. To buy Sorry, anyway, I, t- I take you off your path. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, so I was, they were doing the Walking Away remix and working on other songs for his, for his new album, for the set, for the second album, Eeny Meeny, which was, that was the first song for that, that they worked on for the other album. So, I was also on a Walking Away remix, not the main one though. There was like two or three, uh, one which Craig rapped on actually, and I'm on one of those. Um, and then I was asked to actually write. That was what I was actually asked to do was to write on the Eeny Meeny because it was a double time kind of song. So they're like, yo, that's <laughs> that's your arena. Uh, you know, help us piece piece some of these things together. So... I think they already had most of the first verse and then but from the second verse you can kind of hear some of my my flows in there like with that widescreen TV DVDs and that all of that shit is mine um and then they had the bridge um 
Yeah, so most of the second verse, and then and the bridge was they'd already written or wrote after that. And then he heard me rap and was like, "Okay, that's it. You you have to be on the <laughs> you have to be on the song." So I'm like, "Oh shit, cool, let's go." So um, yeah, then I, I so I was initially only asked to write on the song, but I think Trev knew what he was doing by doing that. Do you know what I mean? He's like, "Yo, I'm gonna bring you in to write," but obviously, you know what's gonna happen. That shit. <laughs> when you open your mouth, you know what happens at that time, and it did. So, um, so I ended up being on the song, which was good, uh, as well as the Walking Away remix, and uh, it was about a year later than that was when he started working on the second album. So Eeny Meeny was done for that album, but no other songs as far as I know. Um, also, interestingly, I heard that I think a couple things happened. Um, he had, because Mark Hill was who he mostly collaborated with, right, on that first album. That's him and Mark's writing as far as I know, all that kind of sound and stuff. Uh, the second, they they did an album, a second album, that was either not liked by someone. I don't know if that's the label or whatever, because allow my memory now. So he then went to the US. He got beats from Timberland. I had I remember hearing a, a CD with beats from Timberland and Neptunes. Imagine in cool. in, in two thousand and one, two thousand and you know, hearing it, there was gems on there, and he had none of them um, because uh, apparently his manager didn't want to pay the publishing required that they was asking for, you know what I mean? In those kind of times. So they went to the English equivalents, which was ignorance. That's how I, that's where I come in. Do you see what I mean for that, for that second? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a year later, started writing fast cars. And so I was in the session for fast cars. Um, and then we started performing Eeny Meeny on, on TV top of the pops uh, around you lot's neck of the woods, actually Manchester arena and um, Emian arena. Was it? Um, yeah. 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 That's yeah, still, what's it called now? It's not called the Emian anymore. The evening. No, what's it called now? Is that not the, the evening one? news? It's not, it's it's not the one um, where the, the incident happened, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, geez. So it was the, the Manchester evening news, but it's been taken over by, for the life of me, I can't remember. It's like from, it, yeah, it's, um, some, it's a mobile company, but and, everyone and still calls it the MEN. I saw you, am I right in thinking I saw you on Jules Holland? Mm. So I did, um, so what I did was Top of the Pops, as in the show, which I have not seen to this day. Really? Why? Why have you not watched that? Because that's, that's a pretty cool accolade, like, isn't it? Like, for, for, for someone kind of. Yeah, for, for list. yeah, I no, yeah. It was my first performance of Eeny Meeny. Um, I had half my hair out as an afro. Yep, no, we've seen it. No, no, no. Actually, no. That's Jules Holland. No, 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 no. I had, I had two or three plaits in my head, in the middle of my head, right, and then the two sides. Right, so picture this, and then the two sides are afro, like Mr. Magoo. And <laughs> and I was wearing the same Averex jacket that I had on the Jules Holland. And then I performed and I remember they went mad. Um, and then I remember his manager. It was the first time when I kind of met his manager. And I remember his manager coming up to me after the performance, congratulating me, but then saying, oh, yeah, sorry. So they they, they was going to re-record, like do a second take or whatever. So in between those takes, the manager says to me, Congratulates me, but then says, uh, "Yeah, uh, uh, do me a favor. Uh, when, when you uh, when you finish rapping, just uh, just step a, step back a bit, you know, behind Craig." 
Now, is that a request from Craig or is that a request from... Uh... I don't know. I'll leave that one open. Um, so then we... So then we... It could, it could... Let's call it an artistic choice on his part. Um, so then uh, we, we, we record it and I do my thing. It was also, I think, the first time if I remember uh, someone asking for my autograph, some random whoever it is. She didn't know who the hell I was either. <laughs> and then signing, I'm like, what the hell do I write? Like, what am I going to, how do I, what do I put my name? Like, what should I put? Um, so then the next week I did, literally a week later in the same room, this was when BBC was in White City, is it in London? I did Jules Holland. So the same, same room, there's Top of the Pops, did Jules mm-hmm. Holland and they just changed the set. Uh, Vinnie Jones was there. There was the Verve, I think. Uh, Tracy Chapman. Uh, who else? The fuck was I forget who else. The Streets. <laughs> the Streets. Yes. Uh, and someone else was performing. Um, so yeah, did Jules Holland, which was good. And then did Top of the Pops Awards, which was in Emmy and Arena. Then I did Capital Christmas Live, which was not filmed. And that was. 30 or 40,000 people in Earl's Court. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, and then he asked me to be on a Hidden Agenda remix, which was produced by, uh, what are they called? Some group called Plasma, but in, in, I, if of significance, it's a guy that used to be his guitarist. Used to see him a lot. Who's his name? Tra- Frazier? Frazier, that's it. Blonde dude named Frazier. He produced a Hidden Agenda remix. Yeah, and that was my my Craig David run. <laughs> That's amazing. So what, what, what was your, what would you say your working relationship was like with, with him? Um, was he personable or was it just strictly yeah, studio stash set sessions or, you know, what was that, what was that whole process? Or um, like, <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> be, be uh, respectful of my words. I find a lot of people just industry. Do you know what I mean? Um, I try personally, or not try, I just feel like I, I, I interact with you as a human being and that's mm-hmm. in, inside and outside the industry, you know. Um, I don't really do the Hollywood shit. I don't really do the like, oh, yeah, I'm going to call you and, yeah, we'll work on something. Like, I don't do those kind of things. Um, so, yeah, working with him, I'd say, like, collaborating on the songs, all great, nothing but, uh, good vibes, um, just fun in the studio, like laughing to your crying type shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we're creating and, yeah. and, and having fun. Um, it, what else would I say? And then I just think outside of that, there's like little things that are kind of industry. You know what I mean? So I don't know how to address that without going <laughs> into de- too many details. But yeah, like working with him, absolutely fine. Um, all of our performances were fine. Didn't feel like no no bougie shit from him or nothing like that. So I won't try and project. No, no, I didn't get no diva vibes from him. He was it was all cool uh, in performance. Um, but then, like people always attach me to him as if we're buddies. Do you know what I mean? So they'll ask you, oh, "How's it? I yeah, don't yeah. know." Like you know, what I'm saying? I don't know how great he <laughs> is. Like you know, what I mean? that that's what I mean, and that kind of stuff. I'm not picking up his shopping or yeah, anything. Like, <laughs> Like, <laughs> certain people are more pally with each other regardless like like they'll tweet like oh this is like for example have you seen like I'll, I'll 
let's see if this is interesting. Have you seen, apart from in 2001, two, maybe three, have you seen my collaboration with Craig, celebrated by Craig? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, there's, there's, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure why that is or what that is. So yeah, there's that. Do I you guess. feel, um, do you feel, uh, even though you, you're obviously not that close to him, but do you feel that Bo Selector had an impact on his career? Because I, I often think about this. Yeah, like, a- absolutely. Like, ex- just looking at external, externally and with a little bit of internally from, from working, I would say the biggest contributors to, not Craig not doing maybe as well as he could do in certain areas would be Bo Selector that definitely I think damaged him in certain ways, and I think he's he got he's got a manager that owns a significant portion of him, and he uh, he would make decisions because mm. that affects his pocket. Do you know what I mean? So those decisions will naturally affect. Craig's career, like for example, whether you pay for the publishing of the likes of a Timberland or a Pharrell, which could then have made maybe the likes of Slicker than your average a, a bigger album than it was. I don't know. That's not for me to to decide. It's your pocket. Do you know what I mean? I'm not there to play those games, but I know that when you own that much of the person, do you know what I mean? Like you're you're not twenty percent manager. Like you're he's confidant. You're he's this. You're like you're a lot of shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So that I think made a lot of because I because I don't think Craig had a lot of competition I think that he had a whole niche that was his own like the two-step kind of stuff slash the acoustic, he owned it didn't he the, the he really Mark owned Hill, it like the acoustic Mark Hill him slash the two-step that shit is his to me like that's his yeah, arena yeah. you know what I mean he owns that like and no one was fucking with him in that arena I think but then like making the and I hear, I hear you doing the pop stuff as well especially if it does well like the Sting ones don't walking away I don't really like it but I know why you're doing that those kind of things you yeah, know yeah. If, especially if it does well but I feel like the rest is just a bit of a bit middle of the roadie you're a bit like grandma's boy loves you like do you know what I mean you're not like a, a what's it called you're not a a sex idol, or you're not a you're not a stu- like in that kind of way. Whereas you could be pushed in that way. That's what I mean. Like, so you get you get pushed as this middle of the road kind of, and I think that affects. I think that affects like how people buy into you. Ultimately, do you know what I'm saying? Was he not like a bit like the Leonardo DiCaprio, the Brits as well? Like he never won a Brit. Like he was. There was a big thing about him not winning Brits, and and yeah, yeah, and and, and to, I mean, I I still think he was robbed because yeah. he was definitely. Yeah, I, I first, think for that, that, that particular year. Dope, like, and I'm yeah. on the second album, but I got like I'll give credit to where what I think is dope, just externally as a as musician, and I think that first album. It was one of them where it's like you couldn't him. go anywhere without hearing yeah. it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like you. I think there's what on on that first album is there is there about five number ones or five at least top ten singles, isn't there, or something mm. silly like that? But like, what even would when, you say when you reference Craig? Like you reference those songs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like people say like on oh, Monday, like they're gonna say talk about. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean, you're still gonna bring that up to these days. So and fill me in. And, and it's still weird because if you look at say British culture as a whole, like you know when. A, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about, you know, how Wonderwall influences so many people because it's kind of like a British song. And 
you know, I'd, I'd kind of stick walking. It's a different genre of music in terms of it being pop music and R and B, but I'd still imagine people relating to that a hundred percent. You know, in the in the same in the same accolade as that particular type of single. Yeah. No, I feel well, like Craig could have been more mm-hmm. usher, more ushery, like do you know what I'm saying? He like an English usher, like to me. Maybe not with the dance moves, but like smooth and like more like heart throbby, like you were rather than. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rather than middle of the, middle of the road, Gary Barlowy, uh, Robbie Williams, he like more. Do you know what I'm saying? That that's what, I, in my opinion, just that's what. I do you ever feel that? Um, so if you look at say so, certain bands like the Streets and stuff like that, and they kind of have um, musicians that work with them continuously, um, do you feel you ever either given not necessarily a raw deal in terms of maybe not being asked to work in the future? You know, like Leo the Lion was kind of synonymous with 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 Mike Skinner and, and until the fallout and stuff like that. Do you feel there was anything there that potentially you, you should have gone on and and or been a part of that, or did you just look at it as as completely, you know, I'm I'm, I'm working what I'm being asked to do and and and, and until I'm you know, until I need to move on or they need me to move on, kind of thing. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't think there's anything that's in. Is is especially when you get older as well. Like when you're younger, there's way more like ego in, in things that you do. Do you know what I'm saying? Or not just that, like this, um, like a like an expectation. You know what I mean for for mm-hmm. for what you put in, and ultimately, it's not it's certain people's job or position to further your shit. Um, there's also like a, a thing of one thing that's always true about me. Like we haven't even put it into this. Is like I started with a group, and one thing about me is almost at every stage of my career, I earned eyes and ears of who is looking at me and listening to me. But I always say, "Hey guys, look at you know what I mean, such and such. Look at my boy, so and so." This mm-hmm. point, every step of the way, like from my first group, Bad Fellas. Every studio, we'd find different producers, and I'm um, and I'd be like, "Yo, check out my boys Duke and Sus. Like, check out uh, Duke as a producer. Check out my my Badfellas like as rappers." Um, and then they would end up writing with each other and things like that. So um, I think there was also an attachment to me having an expectation from other people that uh, that I would put in that they wouldn't necessarily. You know what I mean? Give they 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 play their role, or they want you to play your role while you're there. And as soon as it's not necessary, do you know what I mean? And ultimately, it was because I'm my name is ringing bells, or I'm doing something that is ultimately shining. It's not like oh, I'm you're doing me a favor, like putting <laughs> putting me. It's like I help write the record, and you know what I'm saying. So, but at the same time, yeah, it's not it's not other people's response responsibility. Um, I think there have been people in position to help that haven't always done so. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I think I especially come from a position where if it doesn't hurt you, if you're in the position and it doesn't hurt you to help someone, that should be a no-brainer. If it's an effort to help them, then that should be also there too. Like That should be a testament of your character. But an easy one should be if you're in the position and it don't hurt you. And I do think that there have people, there have been people who have been in the position to help 
but they just haven't. And it's no hurt to them to do it. It's no skin off their nose. In not in not only that, it would actually have benefited them. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so I think you've, you've so got Craig, quite I, a... Craig, I don't think necessarily is one of those people, but I do think they probably, I'm sure, like Eeny Meeny, I heard, was when they when they put out like the album for Tastemakers as what to, what should be released as singles and short shit. Number one, I believe, is the Sting one. No brainer, right? And then number two is Eeny Meeny. Everyone was like, release Eeny Meeny, release Eeny Meeny. So it, to me, I feel like there should be, in the last 20 years, there probably should have been a couple more performances of Eeny Meeny, including, including myself, I think. Um yeah, but after that, yeah, there'll be a, there's other people we can speak about about if you want to touch yeah. on those. Well, the, the thing is, it's like so you you've worked with um, a lot of people in the spotlight, and where you say that they could help you, they've also hindered you mm. um, in terms of where you've performed, and then you've been taken away from that performance. Um, so, do you want to to give us a little insight into that? performance and taken away from the performance like so where you've you were um is it d12 oh yeah <laughs> oh wow yes 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 ah just, yes claire's just wildly throwing a rope there and just see where <laughs> yeah. we can go with that. i just uh, yeah i just uh, i just want you to tell the story no, no, I, I, I think just just in terms of quickly boxing that off yeah. um there's a couple of things obviously like, you know if, if I think you're right in saying you know if people should or in a position to maybe help and push and you know that's kind of what our house was born out of in terms of just wanting to push artists because i think the richer the music scene is the better yeah, yeah. um it, it's some of the stuff you described there it, obviously you have to read quite deeply into it and know a little bit more about the the behind the scenes but it's almost like you know Meth not promoting Raekwon's album, or do you know what yeah, I mean? Or, or pushing like, them guys on, to another level. It's like someone coming up and going, Oh, to meth, going, Oh my god, where's Redman? Where's Redman? Where's Redman? Like, he'd be like, Yo, my brother's over there. Like, he'd be doing anything he could to, like, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? He would, there would be no hate yeah, in yeah. part, like, because it's red and meth. Like, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, when you're in that position, it's just a weird, it's a weird one when you don't, or when you, when you go further than that and actually actively stop. <laughs> that's the you know what I mean, and that of course goes on in the industry quite a lot. <laughs> so tell us about D twelve. <laughs> yeah, shout out to D twelve. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, rest in peace, proof, man. Yes, rest in peace, proof. Um, proof is a dude. I met proof quite a few times. That's cool. So I was um, in the when I was battling. I was Tim Westwood, Radio One uh, Battle Champion. Um, undefeated. I can go into those stories um, a bit more in, in whenever, but I'll I'll just touch on that to say that me and Tim were acquainted. Do you know what I'm saying at that time? And I'd regularly be on either his show or we've performed or whatever. So fast forward, my boy Duke, who I actually met at a Westwood battle. Shout out to Duke. He's doing quite well right now as well. In fact, Duke was actually on the Craig album as well. He's on Spanish. Shout out to Duke great producer and rapper um so i met him at a westwood battle and um yeah duke ended up producing duke went to new jersey and stayed in the outhouse 
I was trying to remember how that came. Sorry, allow my, my old ass uh, memory here, guys. So we were at a show in Subterranea in West London where Outsiders, which is Eminem's old mm-hmm. what they were crew for a little while, yeah, yeah. Um, were performing. We ended up rapping at that show, I believe, and then went backstage and chilled and met Outsiders. So we kept in touch with uh, DJ Muhammad from the Outsiders, who's also cool with members from D12. Uh, bizarre and, 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 and bizarre and proof, I believe. Um, so Duke went over to New Jersey and produced for Outsiders and stayed in the outhouse, um, produced for Bizarre, I think, also. Um, trying to remember here. So when M and D12 were in London for the Marshall Mathers LP tour or whatever it was, um, was it London Arena maybe? Uh, they called Duke to come hang out. So we came, uh, what did we do? We might have met him in the day. I can't remember, but we, we went in, we had all access, pa- <laughs> we had all access passes. I mean, we could go where D12 couldn't go type shit. Because <laughs> they're D12, isn't it? Like they couldn't go. Like they, you know, we, we, could, we could go in the crowd. We could go backstage. We could go. The only place I did not go was Eminem's room at all, at all. Right, okay. At all. No, no, Did you meet him? Very briefly, very, very okay. briefly. Um, so we're at the show and Tim Westwood is DJing in the crowd. And we're in the crowd before, I think we've already gone backstage, but we're like, let's come out and see him as we can. Let's walk around the crowd. It's this fuck, it's massive, it's packed. And he's in some yeah. square in the middle. So I, we come up and he sees me. And like he does in most venues when he sees me, he's like, oh shit, my size here. So he bigs me up. I'm his battle champion, right? So yeah, he, yeah. he shouts me out on the mic, shout out Messiah, shout out Duquan. Um, and then tells me that he's going to be, he, he first goes, what are you doing here? And I'm, we're like, we're here with D12. And he's like, he looked at us in a way like, like, word like how do, like do you know what i mean how are you here with d12 outside of my influence do you see what i'm saying and mm. i should have known from there but he gave us a little look and then he goes well i'm going to be broadcasting from backstage later on like it's i think it was a friday or the, the, i think there was two shows the friday night the saturday night and you know tim's show is friday night saturday night so he was broadcasting from the show okay so he goes come backstage um a little later we'll be doing some freestyles, right? And then, no, he just met, sorry, no, he doesn't. He only tells us that he that he's broadcasting. That's it. And then he just goes, see you like, later, like whatever. So we go about our business and then later on in the, in the day or evening, we see him upstairs, upstairs um, broadcasting. So we go in the room and we're chilling, right? And it's a... Uh, it's the open room, like I'm, like you'd have a meeting in with a fucking table at the end with fucking nibbles on it and shit, right? And he's at the other end of this, and it's surrounded. Did they have sausage rolls? That's all I want to know. I'm pretty sure they had sausage rolls. You'd have been, you'd have been, <laughs> you'd have been well catered for. <laughs> uh, surrounded by chairs. So Tim's at one end DJing. Now bear in mind, I'm his his um, battle champion. I know all of Tim's security. Do you see what I'm saying? Like we're cool. So they're like, yeah, we say, I'm saying hello to all his security. And then Bizarre and and them and Proof, shout out to Proof, rest of soap. They see us and they're like, yo, you lot are you lot spitting? Because they know that we're, we're, we're spitting. 
They're like, why don't we do some, like, New York, I mean, New York, they're fucking Detroit, shout out to them. Um, US, um, London shit, do you know what I mean? On the freestyles. His whole street team are like, yo, 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 yo. They all start whispering to each other, yo, 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 let's get Messiah, let's get Messiah, and Eminem and them like, on a, on a freestyle together. Everyone starts starts going agreeing. Then I see, suddenly, Tim, by the way, is like DJing and he kind of like, you know, like kind of put his head up every now and then and he like, prick, he's almost like his ears are pricked up a kind of thing of yeah, what, what yeah. you're talking about, what people are talking about. And then you go back to what he's doing. He calls over this one, I'm going to call him a venue security because he was not Tim's usual security. He calls this one dude he knows, I don't know, calls him over, takes him out of the room and talks to him. That security comes back in the room and walks straight up to me, Duke and Sus, and goes, sorry, you guys, you're going to have to leave. <laughs> All of a sudden, Tim Tim is out of the room, like, I don't know where he is, do you know what I mean? Wouldn't even look man in the eye type shit, do you know what I mean? So I don't know what that was about. I don't know what that was, like... But that so was, you were you were Tim's battle champion. I'm his battle champion. And so to why, put, why is it not throwing you over? Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like I'll give you, you I'll give you some I'll give you some extra context. So Tim had a show on Friday night and Saturday night. Friday night was mostly UK shit. Saturday night was US. I believe I was the first. Someone can correct me if you you know if you're out there. Um, he didn't he didn't used to put U, uh, UK rappers on a Saturday. I remember him putting me on on a Saturday and it was like a big thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, he was always, if he saw me somewhere, he'd call me like a, I'm like a go-to, like, oh shit, Messiah said, come, 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 get on the mic. Like, it's not like, oh, you've, oh, please let me rap it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's, it. Uh, there was a time we were in Huddersfield somewhere and I'm at, I came, came to, a, I'm just there like linking people, uh, me and my boys are. And we go to a rave because Tim's playing that night. We come in, I see him, I'm his battle champion again at that time. And because I'm his battle champion, he's opening some other local radio station up. So he calls me along. He goes, yo, you want to come with me to this radio station and do some freestyles? That's the context I'm giving you, like, for yeah, yeah. relationship. And so, like, so if, if your street team are going for that, if D12 members are asking for that, if we've come there with D12 members, we're not like trying to sneak our way, like, please, like, <laughs> please, sir, please, muscle, like, let us rap. Like, we've earned our position. Why are you taking a certain security member that I don't know out of the room and telling him something that results in him walking back in the room and asking us to leave? I, I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? It's weird. You'll have to ask Mr. Temathar. About that. That's that's such a strange and bizarre thing for someone to do, in terms of, you know, it, it's just it. You could help someone. Why would you not help that person? I don't understand that kind of behaviour. Yeah, I was only. I remember being on your show after that. Do you know what I mean? I was on with. Uh, Dio and uh, my boys Duke and Sus, and we did freestyle after that. And I remember, <laughs> actually, I remember him taking, not taking us aside, but like after the, the freestyle, uh, going into one about Ali G. <laughs> he started going into one about Ali G and how 
LAG was <laughs> LAG. Don't you understand? He, he's taking he's taking the piss, <laughs> he's taking the piss out of us. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do this. No, this is no. us, baby. This is hip hop. Like I don't understand. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. I'm like out of us taking the piss out of us. He's taking the piss out of you. Like that kind of thing <laughs> is you. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, he's a, it's he's just really strange, I think, him. like, you, you hear all these um, these stories about celebrities that they, they appear so nice on TV and in interviews and things, and then, like, you know, when it does come down to it, they won't help you, um, they won't push you. Uh, I just think it's really bizarre because surely they were in that, you know, that position at some <clears> point <throat> where they needed that help. I just don't understand it. Um, and you've had some really kind of bizarre experiences as well, um, in terms of um, your I kind of I don't know nights out and people that you've met. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this going, Claire? Where is this going? I'm, I'm just I'm trying to be subtle, but obviously we, I'm not being. Subtle, are we taking so. the red pill? Are we taking well, the blue well, pill? So, well, inter- like, interestingly, the before we before we go there, yeah. on the, yeah, yeah. the night of the Eminem show was a an event in itself. Like because we after was it after that? So we're freestyling and hanging with D12 and that anyway. We haven't eaten all day. There's drinks in the in the thing. We're drinking beers. I think I smoked. Oh, so solid are there. Coincidentally, because you mentioned so solid. Really? So, <laughs> nice. So actually, so Outcast was supposed to be there, weren't there. So so solid were there. So solid for some reason, and shout out to so solid. I don't know why this was the case. They wouldn't let them have the the, the room though, like that they the Outcast was supposed to have. So they made so solid change in the in the in the van, they might have been in fear because it's so solid, isn't it? Like it's, it's so solid, don't fuck them out. Um, <laughs> Could take a shit in a locker, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So um, then I remember D12 members wanted some something to smoke. So and this was before I was a smoker, yeah. guys. Uh, so <laughs> it was our job to uh, obtain <laughs> said. So I remember speaking to certain members <laughs> of a certain group, which helped us obtain. Uh, something to smoke allegedly allegedly uh, which we which we brought to to D12 which I don't think they were they were feeling so then the, <laughs> a, a security guard like who was outside the D12's room uh, must have overheard and obviously could hear our palaver uh, so he came to our aid and was like yo I can get you you know what I'm saying uh, something to <laughs> a bit more pleasing and um all he wanted was an autographed like something so in the room is me my boy duke i think sus is in there uh proof and maybe someone like denan porter or something from from d12 what like one other member no m m's in his own room like and it's so kind of it is that way where you could be a security outside and not know who's in a room do you know what i mean you could lose track of who's in a room um so we fucking signed that shit <laughs> with us we signed it as eminem we signed it as mickey mouse we signed it as, uh, sorry. Uh, a couple d12 members of course they signed it as themselves so whoever's got that that towel over there that was given in exchange for uh <laughs> from, from much needed broccoli 
there was a lie. <laughs> so I remember um, Exhibit was there as well. So we went to, then we went to the after party, which was at Sound, I think. So I'm getting progressively more fucked during this evening. Um, having eaten, I'm drinking beers. I think I smoked weed that I, and I'm not a weed smoker. So you can hear how this is going already. And you don't know about my free beer, uh, <laughs> my, my free beer. Free beer limit. <laughs> yeah, you know, my free beer limit already. So uh, we go to sound. Um, and I remember we, we got asked to freestyle. So we freestyle mm. and we killed that shit high as hell. Um, Proof is notorious for, shout out to Proof, God rest his soul. He's notorious for like he, he's a boxer, isn't he? He's got hands. I heard like I think not sure if it was him or Royce that used to used to box or whatever, but I know they got hands, and he loves it. He loves a fight. He loves a good fight. So someone was giving it to him in the crowd, but and D twelve and M are scattered around the place, like wherever. Um, so someone's giving it to him in the crowd, and I remember him coming up to us like, "Yo, this dude's like chatting shit in the crowd. Like, you with it? You with it? You with it?" I'm like, "Of course I'm with it." Like. I'm fucking high, I'm high as fuck. I'm like, of course I'm with it. Like, so he t- I turned to like ask where Duke and Sasa are they around. And I'm like, yo, like beef is puffing off. You with it, you with it? They're like, with it, I'm with it. So this is a weird scenario. So security help us over the barriers to have a fight with a bunch of guys <laughs> in the crowd. We we do our thing, they then get escorted out. And we then get helped by the bouncers back over the barriers. To get <laughs> I've, I've seen this in other gigs, man. Like, I, this, this, this is like the nineties, isn't it? This is before like woke era and all yeah. the rest of it. This is just, I'm just this, being, this was how things were handled in the nineties. I've, yeah. I've seen this. I'm being, I'm being. I'm grabbed. sure I saw that at DMX gig in yeah. in Manchester. Yeah, I'm being grabbed by by girls going, "Please, like, take me back to meet this one, meet that one." Um, I go. I, we get helped back over, which is my first experience of bouncers helping me. Usually bouncers weren't even trying to let me in clubs. They're telling me to take off my do-rag, take off. They, they hated me at that time. Like fucking bouncers, like honestly, they were menaces at that time. But, but so for bouncers to be helping me, like in my do-rag, to be going <laughs> over the thing. I'm like, oh, now you look like me in my do-rag. Them same bouncers. We haven't yeah. seen a thing. We haven't <laughs> seen anything. So then at that time, this was a time when Robert Downey Jr. was getting in trouble for <laughs> being silly, let's say. And so apparently he had given all of his money to his brother so that uh, certain people wouldn't be able to seize his assets. So his brother was at the show acting a fool, like ordering bottles of Moe and shit. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not a bottle of Moe drinker. Like guy, I'm not like that pop bottles at the bar. Um, I'm not that kind of guy because I, I couldn't afford to be that kind of guy. Absolutely not at that time. So he's just impressed that we can rap. He's telling me about his brother. Like, I don't even know if he's his brother. I'm just like, whatever. This is what this guy's telling me. He's got, he's got security. Like, so he, he's, imagine a random white dude. He's got security. He's backstage. I'm like, who is this dude? <laughs> so then he's like, can you, what did he want? He wanted, he wanted a girl that was it. He just wanted to wanted to get some girls. So I, I was like, aha, there was girls trying to grab me that was trying to come over from earlier from the, from the barriers. I've got this. So uh, I believe we got bottles of Moe each from, a, in quotation marks, Robert Downey Jr. Bro, <laughs> brother, um, while we uh, sorted him out some some people to talk to, apparently. Uh, I then I then 
because I imagine I'm fucked by this time, by the way, so I can't be responsible for any of my actions. So I then run into Exhibit, who used to be in a group called the Alcoholics. He sees me with a full bottle of Moe. So what the fuck do you think is going to happen now? So he then go, <laughs> points to the bottle, <laughs> points to me and him, and goes, yo, me and you, me and you, like... So then we and uh, exhibit proceeded to down this bottle, drink <laughs> sip for sip for sip for sip until this bottle was done. I then proceeded <laughs> to walk and to what was it? Little Jack. There's go. a vom coming here, isn't there? Definitely. <laughs> I walked in. I then went to back into the room where Little Downey Junior was and uh, his new acquaintance. <laughs> LDJ. But <laughs> so then one of these um one of these chatters comes up to me, he's like, Oh baby, baby, this that, rubbing my head, rubbing my head, this that, giving me attention, and my head is spinning like a motherfucker. <laughs> then she brings out another girl, I think. <laughs> That's what I'm <I've> <laughs> So I've got two of them massaging my head, talking you know, <laughs> stuff I will say for outside of this show. And um, my head is just spinning, it's spinning. I'm like, I, you know what, ladies, I'm, I'll be right back. And I just <laughs> walked straight to the straight to the bathroom, and fucking threw up my whole <laughs> my whole universe. The whole universe got thrown up out of me. And all I can hear is someone banging on the door, right? And I'm like, I'm in here, you know what I mean? <laughs> to them, I open the door after throwing up, and it's proof. Oh. Exhibit and Eminem. <laughs> Exhibit is in the middle and they are rubbing his back while he throws up in the sink. <laughs> while, I, while, <laughs> while I've been thrown up in the sink. <laughs> we just look at each other like, <laughs> he just goes, you with it, you with it. <laughs> I, get, I, get a little, I get a little pat on the back and that's it. I'm sent back into the party. Into the party. Um, was it was it one of them chunders where you felt better after the purge? Absolutely, absolutely felt... not. That was, uh, <laughs> that was the first step of the almighty worst kind. That was the t- and after that it was like, yeah, I was I had the 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 attention of a couple of people I was trying to <laughs> pursue the night with, but yeah, my my body would, my body wouldn't let me. It was pursuing a curb. Nah, that's what it was. What a story, though, like puking with exhibit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't have a drinking competition with exhibit. Uh, He used to be in the alcoholics. uh, um, Was this during this Pimp My Ride or pre-Pimp My Ride? Before, wasn't it? Yeah, probably before. (laughs) What is the... He's probably just about to be be doing that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, was it two thousand? Is it two ish? Somewhere around there. Yeah, one or two, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. madness. Yeah, good few nights like that. <laughs> I think twenty twenty has been a weird year, and I think twenty twenty has um, highlighted a lot of things that are right and a lot of things that are wrong. Um, so we used to host a, a wrestling podcast, um, and throughout the the lockdown, a lot of things came out about people that we'd had on the show, you know, in, in terms of their behaviour towards women um, and trainees. Um, yeah, minors and, and yeah. stuff like that. It, it, it's not even, a, well, they, they're young, maybe not 
mine has brought young, impressionable people as a teacher, you know, taking advantage of, of people and stuff. And I think, like, 2020 has just brought on this whole... Theme park communities like, as well. Yeah, theme yeah, parks, there's, yeah. There's, 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 a, there's a hell of a lot of stuff, and, a, and I think... It's a whole Me Too thing. It started a movement, and it's continued throughout this year, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's come, some of it's come along with just part of culture and it just not you know when certain things aren't cool never mind just the actions like just in the culture like even oh, if, like, if you call back to that 2001 culture that was a culture of uh bitches and hoes everyone's speaking up now and they've got something to say about the the way that they were treated that they may not have thought about before um and i think messiah bollicles maybe being um well, you, you've seen some things, maybe. Been an audience yeah. member of yeah. a of of people taking advantage of their of their status, subject. really, isn't it? It's it's people being, you know, I'm a celebrity, and this yeah. is where we're going. And it, but they also felt like there was it was in the it was in the collective culture certain yeah. things, you know, like um, sleep your way to the top. Uh, yeah. Oh, I bet she sucked dick to get the like. Why those sentences come from somewhere? Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. So yeah, some of it was like we were all con- all contributing. Um, and then yeah, even just thinking about like in people with like perversions and stuff, I feel like there's almost like levels. If you like, there's um, which is a weird subject, isn't it? Ooh, hear the room go weird. So it's, it's like, really got, like people preying on people preying on kids or uh, like I think that there should be a separation maybe in what we're saying because um, I think I think there's people who prey on children and then um, then I think there's a culture that exists almost worldwide like if you went to like South American countries if you went to like certain Arab cultures of where there's certain one where say a 15 16 year old girls dating older guys and the the feeling being mutual on both parts first of all you got like there's the age thing i guess regardless right so once you're under a certain age it's what it is what it is um then separately there's incident by incident is is it these girls try to get this attention and go out and try to get it from the men and or is it this girl wasn't expecting anything like that and was preyed upon by some fucking idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, and those yeah. things that make you feel that, oh, like anything that, that she didn't want at all. Like, uh, whereas the one where she did want it, um, I then go, well, you're still too young to have wanted it. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, but you weren't, you weren't, so there is a, still a taken advantage. Do you know what I'm saying? There's still, but I, it's not as bad as a like a preying upon. So, and I've I've seen obviously the culture of the two. Like there's the girls who are 15 since been back in the. That's always been the case. Um, trying to get in, cl- not trying to getting in clubs. Like girls getting in clubs that are 14, 13, um, and we go outside London, and that gets even worse. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, no matter what they're wearing, you've got those, and then you've got like people preying on and those don't have to be mutually exclusive those can happen you know what i mean it doesn't mean that someone like that i'm not saying hey <laughs> someone's asking for a treatment by by wanting no, or exactly, anything like that yeah. not at all um and um, but yeah so you've, you've always kind of got that argument of well girls are throwing themselves at me well it doesn't matter you are an, a responsible adult and you need to take care of 
that situation. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, I know we've discussed previously, and we're not going to name names, but you've been in situations where you've seen this sort of thing happen. Yeah, definitely. I've been um, present when um, someone, someone who's in the business is, who's, yeah, old enough to know better has taken uh, a girl who he's known is too young to be taken into a, a toilet. Yeah. Um, more than one girl. And I knew the, I knew these girls personally. That's I knew their age. Um, and I was not, I was not far off their age, obviously. Um, and he, yeah, he pulled out his, he pulled out his penis and they come out, come out he he pulled out his thing and and told him to to suck it or asked him to suck it and they come out you know horrified as you would um and 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 when and she just told me like took me to the side and and one of them told me and i'm still friends with uh, a certain young lady to this day um i won't say her name obviously that's her story to tell um yeah but uh yeah i've witnessed um, or at least been part witness to that. I've had, I've had that same person, actually, the same person. Um, let's say what I was doing. So I met a young lady at an event, and then on the way home the next day, I was traveling home with the same person. And because the same person is in the business and is, in, and is known, when there, I was on the phone to this young lady, she was like, oh, can I say hello to, you know, so-and-so? So I said, hey, uh, this young lady would like to say hello. So then the person responded, and I won't do their voice because you'll know who it is. Um, <laughs> I was going to do an impression then, but I won't. Uh, so the person... You was, might not, because if it's not mentioning them, it's not mentioning them, <laughs> is it? <laughs> so, yeah, they were like... Um, sorry, I didn't get what you you're saying. Did you say you wanted to you wanted to you wanted to suck my dick? Uh, I said no. It's a little bit of a voice. No, there. It's a little bit of a voice there. <laughs> you can't not hear the voice. I said uh, uh, no. There's a how, she just wants to say this, hello. You know, she just wants to say hello. And this girl was a young girl. Yeah. Yeah, another. She was maybe 15, 16, I believe, at the time. Um, but I say more just like in the like. There's a girl on the phone. You don't know who it is. You know, imagine this is Michael Jackson, like, and I go, my MJ, there's a girl on the phone that wants to say hello. If you're MJ, she could be 12, she could be anything, right? You don't know. Mm -hmm. And then then you shout out, oh, sorry, what did you say? Did you say that she, there's a girl on the phone that wants to suck my dick? Like that's, do you know what I'm saying? So then you get on the phone. I said, no, there's a girl here that wants to say hello. I think you'll find. And then I pass the phone and then he's like, sorry, baby. Yeah, yeah. So he tells me that you want to suck my dick. (laughs) And uh, <laughs> I'm like, do you know what I mean? Like this is so yeah. I've seen uh, yeah a culture of, of of people perhaps just yeah being mag being creepy like that that that's that's a creepy it's shit. That's weird. that's creepy shit. Like I don't know what I mean, other label you're on it, but that's weird. That's creepy. Um, that's part that that to me is that same kind of and it's be it's it's I was gonna say it's it's a certain company as well. So it, it feels like very much it's in the same. I'm, I'm gonna say it as it's, uh, it's, Mr. It's Savile, person. like do you know what I mean? It's a bit Savile-ish. Like it's got that same kind of energy. yeah. This this is this person is protected by the BBC because this came out on Twitter, um, and this person was named and 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 it was never like no one ever kind of 
dealt with it. Yeah, that, so that shows that there was other, obviously I've given example, and then other, there's been other examples of people saying a similar thing. Um, where I could uh, also comment on, uh, we can comment on the, on the culture. This was part of a culture where this person would be entertaining at a venue that is an under-18s venue where they would get on the mic and say, where are all the ladies with the clean pussies make some noise? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this was... A drop a bomb. Yeah, like... <laughs> and this is... Yeah, that's the, that's the culture that we're, that, that we're talking about here. So, um, and, and, they, and, they'd, and they'd make that noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, just... Um, the thing is, is, like I say, it's like it's covered up uh, by a very powerful company that have covered up similar situations before as well. I've performed for that same company. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's, um, you know, they're, uh, they're very, very powerful and it, it's concerning that things aren't addressed, especially when a lot of stuff came out on, like, say, on Twitter a year, two years ago, wasn't it? It was quite recently, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was, it was uh, one this year, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't, don't want yeah, to have brushed over the fact that, um, yeah, there is a certain narrative there as well that the person is of, um, or maybe lacking uh, uh, colour, and yeah. the victim yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's nine the thing, times out of ten. This is, this is a diverse company young, as well. Young, <laughs> we're, we are, yeah, yeah, to be clear, we're talking about a, a white entertainer and... and uh, young black girls and and that narrative being uh told by certain individuals who have claimed to be victims of said person and they're being again i guess playing into this other narrative of da- downplaying like when we had um what was the one where uh michelle obama had to do to bring back our girls like there was none of when it was black girls do you know what i'm saying they people weren't concerned there's that narrative always so yeah yeah, there's probably like people the, more informed than me that can speak like on that. Silence and that and that's a, from from a company that you know um, scream out diversity. Yeah, they don't protect diversity. And they're just rotten amazing. to the core, though, aren't they? You know, like Absolutely. yeah. And I didn't feel no, I like interacting with that company and performing in that company. I didn't. I don't have any. Um, experiences that are, are foul you know what i mean it just tends to be when i hear about what they what how other th- other stuff goes on and that's when i look at them and I'm like oh man that's you like whereas working there i wish i could say like oh and and also working for them was a was it it wasn't it you know experiences with well i mean ultimately it's definitely enablers within within that industry so it's whether or not the I suppose it's down to the company to admit its own fault and actually try to drive out them enablers. But the the, the whole fact that this silence over that speaks yeah. volumes to me is 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 the sense of well we we're aware of this and that's just something you can't that, have another scandal, can they? Yeah, yeah, it's it's frustrating, man. Like because what do you do? You know, for, especially when you're a teenager and. and no, no one wants to listen to you. You know, if, if you if you say this happened, um, it's difficult for for people well, to pull traction on that. And it, and and I suppose in in a lot of ways, it's not necessarily about them being held accountable now. As you know, what does that do? Does that does that do anything? It's more about the damage that that's potentially done yeah. to that individual. Yeah. Per. 
case per person, depending on how they deal with that. You, do you know what I mean? Like effectively, you can damage someone for a lifetime for something that you think at the time was okay, just because we lived in a different era. If that makes sense. And um, but yeah, for sure, you you've like had such an amazing experience, and I'm so glad that you finally come on. Like after knowing you for like over ten years. Yeah, to come on and tell us about everything about yourself and about how much you know you've done in the music industry. Yeah, yeah. so I, I suppose it's like, so I'm sure I skip things and all that kind of shit. Do you want thirty pounds? <laughs> <laughs> no, you I know, I can, I can bank transfer it. We now. can bank transfer it. <laughs> yeah, I hear um, but that, that means I, I, have, I have to not turn up. I hear for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why not turn up on a podcast fee. <laughs> I suppose the last the last section of um, the podcast should be about what's the future. Where, yeah. where do we go? What what's what's next? How what what's the process? Where are we going next? How are we progressing? Who knows? <laughs> That's just the shittiest answer ever. <laughs> it's twenty twenty. Who knows? Boris just shut us down for another month. We got yeah. the whole world's wearing masks and policing those that don't wear them, and he's asking me where do we go in the in the future. I don't know what I'm doing at Christmas. No, no, but my my I suppose my question. All right, so I'll break it down a bit more. So if you look at if you if you look at me as a fan of messiabolical music and nothing else, so forget about the the family days out and the all that sort of shit. Um my initial going back to when 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 I kind of picked up on music video and, and this sort of stuff was was here's a talent that I want to hear and I want to hear I want an album I want I want I you know this is me as a consumer this is not me telling you what to do <laughs> yeah right? um I want to hear I want to hear more um I want I want an opening to whether it's music video, albums, blah, 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 this, this, this kind of, where does, where's that messiabolical journey going next, if that makes sense? Because regardless of, of the stuff that's gone on previously, because remembering me as a consumer, I don't know the blockers that you've had as an artist, Yeah, which I certainly know can be an absolute fucking hindrance on, on what it is that you're trying to do and trying to create. So it's where does that where's that journey now? Where have you come out the other side? What's have you got plans to push some new music, or are you going into a different um, a different stream, or where where does that take you? So I've always um, like moved into into like or evolved or moved into into various what things or styles or whatever. Um, one thing that was true of me was I'd, I'd been filming for more years than I'd realized, which then became more of a thing in, in recent years. And I incorporated that into like doing music videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, that made me a bit more creative in a different way. Um, also what has significantly per, uh, affected my career has been like timing of things. There's been little bits of sabotage. Um, there's been deals on the line that people have have come in between. Um, timing also in the in the sense that 
I was, I remember rapping on like, like, what are you rapping on? Like, what are you, what is that Messiabolical album? Right. Cause you know, you've, you've heard that I was a battle MC. So are you, so are these, mm-hmm. are these battle lyrics? Are these battle songs? No. Well, then you did a song with Craig David. Was it that singer that dude <laughs> singing and, and, and doing two-step kind of garage stuff? Like, okay, but you're a battler. All right. And you wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. So what is that sound going to sound like? Um, so I remember at that time working with Duke, Duke was producing and oh, let me say, I want to say this style was almost like, uh, like Rockweiler kind of shit that Red and Meth and them that was rapping on at that time. Um, and we had a couple of songs that were doing some shit, do you know what I mean? And we've had different things come between and, and, and things, then you change minds or, or, you know what I mean? So there's been different incarnations of what Messiah Bollicle is and sounds like. And I've, one thing that's always been true is me rapping over other people's music. Either I'm remixing something, I'm doing freestyles, I'm, of course, rapping on other people's production, various producers. Um, and then if I was at home, let's say, in quote-unquote, with a producer, as in I'm producing with that guy, that person at, during that period, I was one thing that I started hating was being held to their whatever it was. Do you know what I mean? I was I was ready to go. Like I was ready to go. And my my years or period of being ready to go, it has passed. I've got a lot of okay. um I've still got music to give and I've evolved in different ways. So I wasn't always a musician. You know, I was rapping over other people's things. So one thing that was in me was I don't like these people controlling the narrative because I'm I want to rap all the time. And then they're like, I've got to wait for them. Do you know what I mean? So that's when I got my own recording set up. Then I'd record all the time, but I'm still having to rap on other people's instrumentals and that kind of stuff. But my creative effort was through the roof, like mixtapes on mixtapes. I've had something like four to 600 songs on hard drives die and, and been lost. So there's been albums upon albums that you've already, I've already made and lost. I did a whole album with an artist called Chanel. Like I've done a lot of stuff. Um, well, we'll get some echo. So then uh, it was the last couple of years where I decided, one, I wanted to control the narrative a bit more. Um, I also was was looking at the way the industry was. So, you know, like hip hop is very large or has been very big on sampling. So I was rapping on sampled stuff. And in the digital era, like if you ain't cleared that shit, it ain't, it's like it doesn't exist. Do you see what I'm saying? And I started not not appreciating the fact that I've, I've got a whole body of work that to certain people doesn't exist or there's certain parts of my career that happened that you weren't witness for. Like I remember going to a battle recently where I'm speaking where when I battled, they were six years old. Like it's, it's <laughs> weird, like there weren't video cameras to video it. Like they're like, oh, can I see it on YouTube? No, there weren't video cameras that could film that. Yeah, like, I see YouTube. It's, what's, a, what's a video? Yeah, what's a cassette? Like, so it, so, so I started producing, um, and in my production stage was the learning stage again. Like I always rapped, and when I rapped, no one could tell me shit. You know what I'm saying? I would improve, but no one could tell me shit. When I started producing, everyone could tell me shit. I'm like a baby. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm watching tutorials. I don't care if you're ten years old. If you're with it on the keyboards, I'm watching you, and just learning, starting learning more instruments because I wanted to be able to control my own shit. My so writing has got a little slower recording vocals has got slower than I have been in the past, but I make everything now. Like everything is me. Like, do you know what I'm saying? So 
it's it's now getting into that Dre kind of like, oh, well, it's got to be perfect. Like, where is it? Detox never coming out type shit where I'm, you know, I'm still learning. Never happening. I'm learning and I'm, and I'm constantly like, I'm, I'm improving and then I hate stuff, but I'm, I'm doing it. And so it's like, I want to, when I do put something out or um, it's, it's, it might be different incarnations of me, stuff I want to rap on that I've produced, stuff that other people are singing or rapping on that I've produced, uh, instrumental albums. Uh, I've been working on making loop and sample packs and stuff like that uh, and collecting sounds. So I've been creative in a lot of different ways. Plus I shoot, I shoot and I edit a lot. So even, for example, why you saw me even do Rack City was because it was at a certain period in my life where I was going through in around like 2012. Every The way I work is weird. Like sometimes I'll just be, might be a couple months, I just ain't got no creative nothing. And then it'll be all at once, mm-hmm. bam, 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 bam. And during that time, I just had this vibe to, you know what? I'm working in this place all day. Um, I'm going to work in this place. And in the evening, I'm going to write a freestyle, write a remix, whatever it is. And I'm going to pick a random location go and shoot the video, edit the video and put it up all the time. And I just keep doing it until I get some attention. And I was getting little attentions from things. I remember doing a Missy one and she like followed me on Twitter. I remember doing the Rack City one and I was able to jump on Rack City early enough that people hadn't even heard Rack City yet. So it was like the people that heard that of me to them, it's mine. You know what I mean? That's how, that's one little niche I would try and do is I was good on catching things so early that people wouldn't have heard it here or rapping on things that they never would think to because it's either corny or you just wouldn't have thought of it and just try and kill it. I was doing that for a while, like just to show I could make so until I was producing my own stuff. So now it's producing my own stuff and trying to be to the point where I put something on a digital uh, format and, and I own it. You can't take it down. You can't, do you know what I mean? Like as long as I pay my, <laughs> my thing for it to be on there every year, or whatever, you can't, you can't take it down. Um, you can't affect my work like your cancel culture or whatever the fuck do you know what I'm saying yeah yeah um, so yeah that's, what, that's so, where I'm at so last I, I suppose I know I said last little bit last little bit <laughs> um, new artists um, where do we sit on the fence with that um, do we like do we dislike the way hip hop culture is evolving or um is there is there artists that you'd recommend or are you are you one of these artists that that's kind of fundamentally um pushed into the era of no no new hip hop is is good in this era there's there's a lot of people on that fence isn't there yeah no i'm i am a big fan of music before i rapped um i just i'm a fan like i'm a fan of singing and shit you know what i mean and and just so i'm always going to be listening um, I will have certain opinions on like, oh, I like my 90s shit, you know what I mean? But there is a lot of, and just the thing that's bad is now is is asking me to name people because I've got playlists upon playlists upon playlists of people that I have on repeat that I couldn't name to you and I couldn't point out in the street, but they're the shit. Like that's the one thing about the culture now. And a lot of hip hop artists that I like, they're like that. Like they're, they're like where I couldn't, you know what I mean? Name them like always off the top of my head. Like I, I'll play you the playlist where this you know the song, but you don't necessarily know the artist. And- yeah. So I, and I, I listen to different styles of hip hop. Like there is a what I call almost like a nineties feel, but done in nowadays. Not just the lo-fi beats, but which I love. But there's there's a there's a kind of mix of slightly modern, but with that that I love. That sound is done by I think people like D Smoke and certain like Kendrick do that kind of shit. J Cole's, um, and then there's of course your Afrobeats and your 
um, your drills and things like that. So I like, in terms of drill, I, I like some of the beats and I like how creative some of them, some of them are and the, some of the songs are catchy. I like the way they're using their voices that uh, UK rappers never... I always had an opinion on the way UK rappers sounded. I represent UK to the fullest, but I always... Of course, well, Rich coming from me, we used to have American accents, right? But um, I hated the whiny kind of, eh, blood, you get me, blood, nah, blood, your family. I hated that shit. And anyone who had a voice like that, fuck you. Like, I didn't want to hear that shit. So... I appreciate the way they're using their voices now. I do think someone, certain ones can be a bit more lyrical. I don't like the fact, I don't like certain things that are samey sounding, and I don't like the narrative of this day, this day and age that you seem to have to be a gang member or have caught a body to be an interesting, like, rapper or musician like every one of them like they're singing about home robberies in home home valley like if i run through with a valley like what, what i don't like that that's the narrative like i think it should exist i'm not here to stop it existing but it seems like every rapper seems to especially in drill like they all have to have a body they're actively seeking to be violent with each other and i'm just not really with that culture and it's and i grew up on gangster rap and singing like motherfuckers <laughs> bitches ain't holes and tricks like and Same you know what i mean and like i'll be the mac 10 not the, like i was doing all that and rapping along to all that shit but i never had no intention to harm nobody like yeah i'll have having a fight i want my i'll get on my kung fu shit i used to watch my kung fu movies but I'm not, we had no thing to, to harm each other. And I don't like that. That's the culture at all. I do not like that. I like some of the tunes. I like some of the Afrobeat tunes. I think they're fucking really creative uh, and they're getting creative younger. They're having the skills to make tunes at 16, 17. Us look was like most 16, 17 year olds when they rapping sound like 16, 17 year olds rapping Blazing Squad. But these lot are. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Kenzie. A lot of them sound good. Like, so yeah, I, I feel mixed in that regard. Do you know what I'm saying? Nice one. Uh, greatest rapper alive. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. Don't say Tupac like uh, Kamala did. <laughs> it's definitely Kamala not, it's not Tupac, but I, I can't answer that. He's not alive. Kamala Harris, they went, who's the greatest rapper alive? She went, Tupac, and they were like, okay. <laughs> well, she must have been in, in Cuba when she said that. <laughs> On an island. Uh, greatest rapper alive, go on. I don't know. It's changed over the years. Just, I know it'll change. Just off the top of your bonds, what's what are you feeling? Uh, let's give it to Rakim. Okay, <laughs> let's give okay it to good Rakim. choice. Hey. Greatest rapper who is no longer with us. <laughs> uh, Big. Oh, okay. He was my favorite. Biggie was my favorite rapper for a good period. Good period. Big influence on the way I rapped from being fifteen to maybe eighteen, nineteen. Oh, uh, so that's it, really. I think we've um, we we've discussed a lot this evening, and I'm so glad. Like I said, because we've known you for so many years, and we've had these conversations so many times. It's great to actually get to sit down and discuss everything and get it all out yeah it's been um, so yeah thank you so much and also as well just before you go you live by the beach and i'm so jealous yes, <laughs> that. yes that was that, a move, um, that was a move that uh i wasn't sure even had to be done but once i landed i kind of 
I chilled out and then it makes mean, sense. Okay. I I'm I'm five minutes from the beach, like a sandy beach in England. They actually have them, believe it or not, which I wasn't. I, I, I was I was not under the disbelief. Growing up in Tottenham, I was like English beach. Like, and even if I even if it is, I ain't going to an English beach with a brown ass. You like, can literally walk out. The back, like, the, the, it's the back door of your house, isn't it? And then you go to the beach. Yeah, literally, it's a less than five minutes walk, and I'm on sand, and it just does not look like you're in England, especially when it hits them them twenty something degrees is out there. <laughs> you see me, my my beige self. Catching so, <laughs> waves. Well, uh, so yeah, we may have to come and uh, look at some houses around there at some point. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for for joining us. I've really enjoyed it this evening. So, Regular yeah. podcast guest, yes. probably coming in. Yes, yes. Will you look reckon? About time. It's about time we did some pork chop express chopping up and Oh <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a lot to get into in other ones, yeah. We've got some movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> movie love sure. and uh, yeah. So thank you very much. Everything that you've talked about this evening will be linked in the podcast below, including apart from the inappropriate stuff. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> in, including like half braids, half wild hair. I want to get some still images and shit yeah. like that. Man. Yeah. yeah, we'll post it so all. Can, so we'll, like, we'll, we'll have a laugh at our two thousands fashions and. You yeah. should do a watch party the first time you've ever watched it. I had two, yeah. <laughs> two different trainers, two different trainers, and half Afro hair. Enjoy. Um, yeah, Could be a new diss track on the way as well, possibly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I need that thirty pound deposit though. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming your way. Uh, but yeah, everything we'll link it all below. And um, thanks to everyone for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Really love to know what your thoughts are as well. So please make sure that you comment, you share, you like everything. Follow us all on Twitter, and uh, one day we'll all get together after the lockdown, have a big party. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll speak soon. See you on the next one. Our house, our house.